from crystal myth podcast and i'm here once again with mark hi hi crystal myth podcast he is he is the host as well as myself i don't want to say co-host because that just sounds like you know like i'm the leader of the podcast when it was your idea in the first place so we're both hosts of this podcast of what happened yaz as a co-host because <laughs> she's barely here she's like our special guest some weeks yeah oh she's away too um the meet her sister in arabia saudi arabia <laughs> i, I like meet her sister because although again because we know what's going on that she's going yeah. to visit but that sounds like she's off on her magic carpet ride to her oh. sister in agrabah Fuck princess yasmin yeah that's right <laughs> yeah i'm just jealous again because I, i'm just stuck in miserable oldies grade in scotland and there's like no exotic travels for me and, and i have covid so i'm not allowed COVID. outside yeah mark's been plagued with all kinds of diseases i mean really <laughs> what is wrong with you what is it? i've still not caught covid not no no I, and every time i say that i think shit i'm gonna catch it now i said oh, i mean to be fair i say that as though that's one of the stupid things because i've said i've not caught covid yet a million times because mm. i haven't caught covid yet but i, I said on sunday morning to Mm-hmm. one of yes meth child's friends parents yeah oh i was like i've not caught any of the strains i don't know how it's so weird because you know i work in a job where you catch it easily but and then those people had covid and immediately gave it to you probably well, i don't i don't know if they had <laughs> it but then i got up on monday morning and took a lateral flow and i had covid do you know what variant I, i'm assuming it was delta no no omicron omicron, omicron. I think most people get it from what I've been hearing, although some people have obviously got it really severe, but I think most people get it really mild, which I certainly have. Obviously, my voice, as you can hear, is a little bit croaky. I've been coughing quite a lot this week, but I've not really been coughing as much today. The worst bit of it was just like I had what I can only describe as a headache, but just where the vision would get a headache if you got it in the crystal. The vision as in what from Marvel? The vision? Yeah. Okay. That, that exact for vision. our listeners out there who may be like what the fuck is he talking about <laughs> it's a well, vision I mean, not everyone's into Marvel you know if you don't know oh, well, what you're talking about fuck you <laughs> well I mean on the, the subject of that if you've seen the reviews that Morbius the living vampire has been getting it's no. been absolutely fucking slated like, I absolutely assumed murdered. which is also like devastating for for me personally, also, <laughs> around me. like I, Morbius the Living Vampire is one of my favourite, favourite Marvel characters. Um, really? Yeah, but I mean, even the. They said it's it, been like described as, as exciting. Shit. They've described it as exciting as a screensaver. 
and uh, <laughs> they said it was it was about as um, good as the mediocre movies from the early 2000s, like Electra and the Daredevil film. It certainly seems to have those vibes from the bits I've seen. I think it speaks volumes. Oh, and everyone doesn't like Jared Leto either. Nobody likes him. No, Sorry. even though I used to be obsessed with him. but mm, I've seen his band, Fair Seconds to Mars, but that was just because my work were giving away tickets. So I just went. He does come across as quite arrogant. and Yeah. yeah he seems like a shit person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the movie seems shit. I mean, again, yeah, I think it speaks volumes that one of my favourite Marvel characters, <laughs> and I don't have any interest in seeing the film. Like, no one does. There was someone posted a joke on Twitter. They'd put a, a photograph of the, a car window that had been smashed in, and they said, um, <laughs> so, someone smashed, broke into my car while I went to see um, Morbius and left four more tickets for Morbius. <laughs> 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 in my car uh, <laughs> that's how much people hate it oh he got bit what was it the story is because sorry the topic this week if you you know la- listen to the last episode or you might not have you might have just been like listening randomly to this one or starting from the beginning so therefore you <laughs> come in, what am i talking about of course you're starting from the beginning it. so therefore listening to the end not the end, unless I die before next week, which seems likely, given yeah, all my Yeah, but my logic's stupid, because obviously if you're listening to this episode, then you may have already listened to all of our previous episodes, or you may have just jumped into this one. Yeah, so, you could be listening in the future. Yeah. Like 2024. <laughs> I'm a dead, let us know. It's so weird, the thoughts that go through my head, because I was thinking about like time, and that how I won't live to see the, the next century which i was like what would it be oh all right 20 20 no wait, it would be 21 something wouldn't it 2100s am i right yeah and, yeah. and then i'm thinking would my niece see that would uh sorry would they uh, you know myth child see it i doubt it would they maybe Ten- we, will maybe you see don't it. Know? we don't know yeah <sighs> maybe our brains will be in jars or maybe it'll be like a uh, san Junipero, maybe. Well, see there, yeah, and then I was saying, it's be such a shame because it's such a shame, such a shame we don't live long because I'd love to see what the world would be like in the 2100s. It might be shite, it might be better, who knows, but I just want to see it. Do you think that there will be weird mm. Batman like Morbius no. or animals in the wrong places? To be honest, I think technology is just sort of stalled right now. I think we're going backwards rather than forwards. I think the world will just be run by a select few billion or trillionaires and the rest of us will all just be living in like, you know, like in Blade Runner where everything's miserable and it always rains all the time and it's always dark and they're at the bottom of the heap and all the rich people live up in the air above all the pollution. Yes, I, I think, think that right. as bleak as that sounds, I think that's what it's going to be like. Unless exactly there's a revolution and and the many basically get rid of all the billionaires, but greed wins overall, doesn't it? You know, so what can you do? I'm very nihilistic. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. I think you're correct. Oh, I was hoping you would maybe say something. <laughs> I was hoping you would maybe counteract argue with what I was saying and say it would be all sunshine, rainbows and gumdrop smiles, but unfortunately I can foresee maybe the Tories just running running this country for indefinitely now, 
there's no yeah like I think future cyberpunk stories well there's no one who can stop them Labour can't ASMP just don't give a shit like about independence anymore I don't think anyway we're getting into politics we're, the whole point of this episode was to talk about maybe I'm trying to avoid the topic but it was what was it about animals that shouldn't be where yeah animals that are where they shouldn't be I, mean, I found this one a weird one because when we were messaging each other and I was like I'm sure they'll find lots I was kind of planning to find like people reporting to see animals where they shouldn't be and then kind of like a cryptozoology well, slant on it but that was quite hard because most of the things I looked like it was like it's really and then hard. it was there yeah but it's really difficult to put it into a mythic or like legendary context for our podcast because all I could think of was well the only real kind of way that would fit in is like invasive species but they all exist so yeah that's (laughs) exactly I didn't go with invasive species but still I went with like I'm going to research like people thinking they were spotting creatures and like I don't know I'm trying to think of an example that isn't something I found so like say people were saying oh there's like loads of jaguars and clarkson yeah but, but then, then i was, thought i want to research that, it and be like and why do people think this but nearly everyone i looked at it was basically like and then zoologists arrived and it turned out there was actually a population of jaguars there and i'm like oh okay well then yeah well i was thinking when you're saying that when i was looking into the invasion invasive sorry species of animals and plants we'll include them as well and there is an actual form that you can fill out if you spot any in the UK you've got to report it but then how do you know what to report how do you know what's an invasive species and I'm thinking why don't they just like do like a sort of Pokemon Go style app when instead of like (laughs) hunting for fake pocket monsters you go around collecting invasive species and plants and you could do a fun way of reporting it and then do they get hunted down and killed which you probably would be against but it's to save other animals no, I mean, it makes me sad, but I'm fine with that because, yeah, <laughs> I think it's okay to kill, like... Like a really fucked up Pokemon Go Like, situation. it's fine to kill a bear to save an entire population of deer, like... Because, <laughs> like, I think like one of the most... Utilitarian vegetarian? One of the most common invasive species in the UK would be the grey squirrel, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, do you remember as a child ever seeing red squirrels cutting about before the greys came in and fucked all the other, (laughs) destroyed all the red squirrels? Yeah. Do you? I'm starting to think I'm imagining it now, and the grey squirrels have always been around. That's what I was going to say. It's so strange because I can't remember the last time I saw a red squirrel, but I remember that I used to see red squirrels like fairly Mm. often when I was younger. I mean, I remember going down to Scarborough in England with my family and there was loads of red squirrels cutting about there but I don't imagine they'd still be there the only place now where there's red squirrel population hasn't been decimated is on like the Isle of Man or the Isle of Wight places like that because grey squirrels can't swim to those islands unless some cunt's gonna actually grab a grey squirrel and take it to the island to be a bastard that's how it goes isn't it well, no, yeah, well, someone brought a green squirrel over as a malicious act. I don't know. But a lot of the time, the reason these invasive species end up in these places is because people either think a plant's pretty 
and they want to display it as a curio or they're trying to combat pests so say they'll they'll bring over like for instance for example the cane toad was brought over um to australia and even the uk or the american bullfrog ended up in the uk to get rid of certain pests but then they went out of control so then they would bring in something to kill them (laughs) and then so on and so on (laughs) so they're creating so many problems for themselves because now you end up with all these like apex predators that then go on to kill everything else that you didn't want like, as well, well like if we have an overabundance of pests it's probably mm. because we've killed the original predator of those pests because humans like killing things and then the solution for some reason is to go somewhere else <laughs> and get one of their creatures and bring it here like and then there is the example of there was a guy in the mid 19th century who moved to Australia in the 1850s and he brought with him like four grey rabbits and he said oh it's just to remind me of home like the creatures that the woodland creatures at home it'll be fine they won't escape (laughs) and then they did and they started banging all the local like rabbits and then before you knew it there was like millions of the fuckers everywhere all over Australia and they had such a big problem just because this guy wanted to have a look at some rabbits to remind him of his homeland. <laughs> so he had to actually invent a disease to kill the rabbits because they were chew- like eating all the flora and fauna over there. And you know there's lots of amazing things in Australia. Yeah. Well, the rabbits pretty much killed a lot of them. Like they, they did a lot of damage. I mean, a lot of stuff might have went extinct because of those rabbits. Bastards. Or technically bastard. It's not really the rabbit's fault. It's the stupid. So, guy. if anything, I could you could argue that human beings are the the biggest invasive species of them all because we've spread ourselves everywhere, yes. and therefore, as a result of our traveling about, because I've, I've read various examples of because we are traveling about on boats and they use counterweights for water, with water or whatever to to balance the boats for buoyancy or something that a lot of um, muscles and various like different types of microbes and things or mold or algae or something would attach themselves to them and then we would bring them to parts where they never were naturally like native to and then yeah. they went out of control and destroyed all the other life in the marine and the sea like um, the zebra clam I think it was called or the zebra mussel they're they're quite bad. Like they cover absolutely everything if they get around, and they would cling on to to boats, and that's how they ended up like everywhere around the world instead of, you know. Yeah, I think ha- you're right. Yeah. It's almost like there isn't really such thing as an invasive species except for humans. Like, because mm-hmm. yeah, the other invasive species wouldn't be invasive species had we not actively taken them to where they are. Yeah, like hornet wasps accidentally getting taken over to the UK or America on like boats like car- or cargo you know they crawl in the boxes and nobody looks yeah you know when you see stories about how someone bought a salad from asda and a tarantula was inside yeah. it <laughs> yeah it's never happened to me although i did buy a, a carton of strawberries once and there was a spider like crawling around in them Blech. yeah put me off her buying strawberries again. i don't actually mind spiders but for some reason that creeped me out there mm. it was only a really little one but 
And then, I, I mean, one of the more interesting stories I thought about invasive species, I thought, right, well, who, what would be really weird, and I thought about the Pablo Escobar hippos, the cocaine hippos. You heard about that? No? No, other than hearing, I think it's one of those things where like a pair of people say Pablo Escobar's hippos and never really thought anything of it. Well, I thought it was a fucking joke, but obviously Pablo Escobar was one of the richest people in the world with all his cocaine. Um, Enterprise, like his business, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It ended badly, but you know, he decided to bring some hippos just because he thought, fuck it, I like them, I'll bring them in. And I like the fact that they called them cocaine hippos, but I don't think they're a bunch of hippos doing lines of coke. It's just because he bought some reason assumed he was like using them to smuggle coke or something, which makes no sense. <laughs> That's like, horrible. How would you use a hippo to smuggle coke? Just shoving like coke up their arse and bags and stuff, and then shipping them around zoos, and then the zookeepers dig out the coke from their dung. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think that is a bit too much. I think there's easier. Those are weird animal for them to pick because I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they're really, really dangerous. So if he was picking them because they look cute, that's mental because they're so dangerous. <laughs> but then at the same time, if he was picking them because he's a drug dealer and he wanted a dangerous animal, like, I feel <laughs> like there's animals that, well, not as dangerous, like, just look scarier. Well, you know, like, Scarface had tigers roaming around his grounds. Yeah. He- Pablo Escobar wanted some hippos. <laughs> I mean, hippos are pretty fucking dangerous, but at the same time, they do have cute little babies and that, and they do look like big pig things i quite so in colombia there are an 80 strong bloat i guess that's what you call a group of hippos a bloat (laughs) um which were originally part of his estate and they're now presenting an environmental disaster or problem yeah as an invasive species because there's 80 of them originally there wasn't 80 obviously (laughs) i don't know how many he brought in let me just um I don't know how many originally brought in. Maybe it was like maybe just like ten or something, or five even. I don't know. How would you even get them over there from like? Because they're African, aren't they? And, they did, and then he brought them into Col- uh, Colombia. Um, it, he had a private zoo, you know, like Michael Jackson did. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson, Pablo Escobar, basically the same guy. <laughs> I would say I would argue that Michael Jackson was worse than Pablo Escobar, but yeah. You know. I mean, I I would think that would be a very fair thing to say. Well, I don't know because maybe Pablo Escobar did kill a lot of people. I don't think Michael Jackson did. He just killed a lot of people's childhoods. I've just uh, looked up. <laughs> he had four hippopotamuses. Two. So he had four. Right. Okay. Well, Dave, there's now eighty of them. Um, which apparently more than doubled since 2012 so there would have been like 40 obviously like when he got arrested they were just left to roam about so he's just like the the Colombian people are just like well what are we going to do about these fucking hippos they were originally introduced to his Hacienda Napoli's estate um after he was killed in 1993, they bred so successfully that they spread out of their original home nearly 100 miles east of the city of Medellin in the Antiquia department dispersing around the Magdalena River Basin and as such should be a major invasive species. They are quite big and I imagine they would probably eat quite a lot of stuff that 
you know, wouldn't normally get eaten. And they like a lot of mud, so they're probably fucking up the like the landscape and everything. Yeah. So what they've had to do Again, they're is they're also that, like really vicious and aggressive. So well, yeah, like, I mean a lot of people about it's not ideal. A lot of people have been chomped by hippos, like because they've got big fuck off jaws and big teeth, and they are quite aggressive animals if you go near them, especially ones that have maybe been reared on cocaine. Yes. <laughs> you never know. Pablo Escobar might have been feeding them with lace cocaine. I don't know what hippos eat. I've seen a hippo eat a watermelon before, but I don't know what they actually eat in the wild. I didn't actually look into it. So, like, they wanted to cull them. They're like, we need to kill kill them off. But others promoted sterilisation because animal rights concerns and support for African interlopers that have become a tourist attraction that local people feel affection for. So, the people that like the hippos have become a tourist attraction basically which like maybe what is why i found out about it because i think someone traveled to look into pablo i'm going this bit really well because it is exactly what you're saying that it sounds mythological it sounds like it something does. like it sounds if you were backpacking around south america a like drunk american girl would be like yeah you gotta go and see pablo escobar's 80 hippos man they're amazing you'd be like what? that's clearly made up you're on drugs <laughs> yeah there's no fucking hippos in Colombia. <laughs> yes, there are, man. I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to keep them as a tourist attraction, but they want to stop them from breathing so that the whole of Colombia isn't overtaken by hippos. <laughs> so they were thinking chemical castration was the only way forward, but they're like, how the hell do you sterilize a hippo? It's not exactly an easy thing to do. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're big, and it's not like they're in a zoo either. Again, they're in the wild. Like, how do you sterilize a? Yeah, they're really hard to capture. Massive group of. And that's how they ended up breeding in the first place because no one could actually like get get them and move them about. So they don't know whether it will be successful, but. They're just um, trying to see if it'll work with a sterilization, maybe. But but then again, if you sterilize them and they don't breathe, then they all die off. Then you won't have your tourists. So you want to keep at least like a few hippos about. Or what do you think about that? Do you think they should just not let 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 them live out the rest of their lives until they're all dead, and then there's no more hippos in Colombia? Yes, I think that's I think the that's the best thing. thing to do. A bit like the Hitlers, you know. <laughs> Hitler's kids, not kids, his nephews and that, all decided not to have kids so that the Hitler name would die out. Okay, by the <laughs> Hitlers, I, just, I thought you just meant neo-Nazis and I was like... No, I meant no, the I actual Hitlers. They're worse than, they're worse than hippos. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I accept that the actual Hitlers, they may not have been Nazis, therefore they're not necessarily as bad as hippos. Hmm. Well, I looked into other invasive species, and there's quite a lot of them. There's the Asian carp, which is native to eastern Russia and China, and they were introduced to North America and Europe. And how did they get there? They were brought over as food, part of the pet trade, or for sports fishing. Again, humans are fucking arseholes, aren't they? They don't think about the consequences of their actions till afterwards. The Asian carp are large. They have big appetites, reproduce quickly. They take food and habitat away from native fish. 
and have been known to prey on the eggs of other fish species. When carp eat, they stir up sediments and organisms from the lake and riverbeds, changing a clear lake into a murky one and changing the type of species that can survive there. Mm. It does sound like quite, like, it sounds mean, doesn't it? You know, like, people, (laughs) it sounds mean. (laughs) Um, I shouldn't equate them. Don't hurt anyone's feelings. No, I mean, deport them, you know, we don't want any foreigners here, that kind of thing, but but then by You're bringing such a in... fish xenophobe. <laughs> I know. It's like we don't want any of your foreign animals over here. Get them to fuck. Because they're ruining our natives. It's a bit like saying, you know, we can't have people mixed because it's kinda No, I can't really I can't really compare it to that, can I? We're just trying to save our native that's what I'm trying not to sound like a fucking you really don't sound like a <laughs> racist at all yeah but it is you've got to save your your country's natural flora and fauna no yeah I've, I've... you seen it that we should campaign to you know keep them these foreign foreign plants and animals and not destroy them completely let them integrate into society <laughs> you can't do that it's no that yeah you that <laughs> again it's not the same thing no it's not is it <laughs> there's so many of them there's european starlin starlins my grandpa hated starlins he absolutely hated them because he loved putting like seeds out for the birds in his garden but he fucking hated it when starlins came because he said they were just horrible brown birds and they just got everywhere and there's so many of them Whereas I now think I hardly ever see any starlings these days. I don't see any starlings in my garden. The only birds that I see are wood pigeons. Yeah, wood pigeons are fucking everywhere now, aren't they? They are. Are they invasive species? I don't know. But I don't ever remember seeing wood pigeons particularly when I was young. You only ever heard them? Yeah. But they didn't, you never seen them wandering about? No, whereas now they're everywhere. Yeah. They're, I don't know, I mean, have you found anything of interest about animals that shouldn't be there? Yeah, I found bits and bobs. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm just talking away and dominating this episode, but I'll let you have the floor. Thanks. I was quite enjoying your chat, but I'll oh, say Okay, this. I mean, I've got loads to talk about, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, one of the ones I found that's, again, kind of fitting with the the whole... Well, I was trying to find like cryptidy things. Mm-hmm. Um, is well, I'd said that to you that I was going to look at dugongs. Yeah. Which this well, I, I was about to say. So I just thought that was another name for manatee, but it turns out it's not. Which I only found out when I started looking at this. So there's like an animal genus called Serenia, and okay. manatees are a Serenia animal, and dugongs are another Serenia animal. What's a Serenia animal? They're kind of like sea cows, so everything that looks a right. bit like a sea cow, which also, I didn't know, are extinct until I started looking at this. Because I found a story about a manatee that was found somewhere it shouldn't be, because manatees usually live in like warmer climates. Mm-hmm. But there was um, a manatee that had been found way off like where it should be should have been i'm trying to see where it was though it was um yeah it was found in a canal near chesapeake bay 
in Delaware, which is nowhere near Florida, obviously. Like, um, yeah. manatees don't usually, yeah, it was far north, and they don't much venture north, further north than the Carolinas. So a lot of people were like, what the fuck is this manatee doing here? And it attracted, like, national... Well, that's what they said. They said it might be tempting to think it was climate-related to warming waters or changing in the ocean currents, but it could have just been a result of the animal's curiosity or wanderlust that it just wanted to go on holiday. And that fascinates me, the idea of animals thinking, fuck this place, I'm going to go on holiday! There was a seal that was caught off the coast of Kenya. And again, they said the same thing. They said the seal was probably fed up of all the other seals and decided to fuck off somewhere else new. Malin's kind of the same thing. It's dugongs live between... They all live between Shark Bay in Western Australia and Moreton Bay in Queensland, like all of them. But yeah, occasionally they'll show up other places. But that basically was the reasoning is pretty much... (laughs) because <laughs> they feel like it because they wanted to go somewhere else but there was this art so i was kind of reading about that and then i found this um well it was like a paper that somebody had written for uni but then it had been published in volume 34 of mm-hmm. and through zoos um and the article was called rare animals as cryptids and this guy george nope gregory gregory fourth had right. written about the occasional sightings of dugongs off the island of Flores, which is like, again, it's kind of, again, similar to yours. It's not, it's far enough away that they shouldn't be there, but it's not like crazy far away. Flores is in Indonesia. So although it's not where they would usually be, it's not that far away from where they would usually be. Yeah. I mean, I suppose they would have to swim for several days to get there, so it is quite far, but you know what I mean. But I um, think what their reasoning is, is that it's not gone there to breed because there aren't other like manatees or whatever they're called native to that area. They're just there because they want to be there for a yeah. laugh. Like, basically, yeah, it's not unthinkable that they could get there, but it's just strange that they've gone there. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's these local people on that live on Flores who are called, like, the Leo people, no, sorry, the Liao people. Um, So, you know, there's the whole thing in Indonesia where, like, effectively all the people who live in the small islands are their own people, but the Indonesian government has kind of just gone like, no, all of these islands are Indonesia. You all agree with everything we're saying? Yeah, there's places in, like, islands far off Japan that are sort of like that, that they don't see themselves as native Japanese, like part of the Japanese government, but the government pulls themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Leo, Liao, sorry, Liao, don't consider themselves to be Indonesian, but they live on what is classed as an Indonesian island. But yeah. they've obviously lived there for, I mean, a very, very, very long time. And before people travelled off of the island, they, would ne- there was, they wouldn't even know what a dugong was or a sea cow or a manatee or any of these creatures. So whenever they spotted one on its holidays, they <laughs> believe that basically they have this story in their religious culture about this woman who was so close with the sea that like that that she basically dedicated her whole life to the sea so it was almost like she was married to the sea right so and so whenever they saw a dugong Mm -hmm. they just assumed it was one of her children right well at least that ties into the sort of like the myth part yeah i like that that was just the (laughs) assumption like oh i don't know there's one of those things again 
probably mind her like how, like myths are born or stories are born because of creatures that they've never seen that don't really belong there so they seem mythical and magical to them like the pink yeah. dolphin that's a weird one you know well, their explanation denial. was that which i really like was basically that they said mm-hmm. when people when outsiders started coming to the islands and they said oh, well why did you have this idea that it must have been <laughs> the descendant of this woman and one of the elders explained that they could clearly see the creature existed, but it was clearly in the wrong place, which is why I ended up hitting on this. <laughs> um, and they said, dugongs have various features that clearly make them land animals, and yet we can clearly see that they're in the sea. <laughs> Sorry, no, land mammals, and, they're, and we can clearly see they're in the sea. Therefore, they must be a descendant of a land mammal. And this woman, one of the elders from like hundreds of years back, um, well, basically that was it. She was she was a land mammal, so they thought, well, that just makes logical sense. It follows. Fair enough, but it's just like an animal on its holidays, basically. I mean, that's cool. I like, like the as thought well of animals. Said, <laughs> yeah. Which is like, I mean, the fact that it's on its. I, I think that still ties into it being on its holiday and that being cool. They said if you saw, it was part of the culture as well that if you saw a dugong, that <laughs> that meant you were a very special person. Because so much time had passed since the wife of the sea must have had her first descendants and people hardly ever see them. So you would assume that she had lots of offspring, but people only occasionally see them, therefore. But it wasn't like magical or anything. They were just basically like, therefore, you're really lucky. Which are like, just like, oh, that's cool. You saw a dugong. Like that is the, the well, magical gift. It might be rare because they maybe don't turn up all the time every day. They just occasionally show up. Well, like maybe the one curious dugon was like, fuck it, I'm going to go over here and see what this is like. And then they see that and like maybe like once in every so many of them get the same idea. Yeah, going a wee holiday to Florida. Yeah. I like as well that, again, <laughs> you have to leave the coast of Australia that they live on and then swim through the sea for days and days and days, which must be exhausting for them. But there mm-hmm. are other islands that they would have to swim past before they got to Florida's. Yes. And I mean, it is like you should Google pictures well, of it. Flores was there. People that are listening, it is stunning. Well, yeah, yeah. I understand why they'd want to go on holiday there. But then, why you not just stay there? I mean, I suppose. I mean, sometimes if you go on holiday and you think, oh, I've, I've been here too long now, I just want to go back home, and it's nice when you get back home until you want to leave home again. So yeah. I get why animals would maybe want to go on holiday. Just to get somewhere nice, like like like, because we're animals at the end of the day as well. So we all have the same instincts. We all want to get away somewhere different. So I think it's fascinating that the animals may have the same thoughts as like the same ideas. You know, yeah, especially think animals, animals don't have are that. obviously other like Bigger. intelligent mammals. Yeah, they like to have a wee break and go somewhere sunny and just chill out on the beach. I mean, there's a beluga whale that hangs around somewhere in Norway and it likes to retrieve phones for people that have dropped their phones in. But they think they think it was a spy at one point for Russia, that it came from Russia and it was released and it just somehow ended up in Norway. And it, that's why it's so friendly and it, it, it retrieves things because it's more intelligent. It's been trained and it also does it for treats. Because people deliberately throw things at it for it to to go and pick up. I mean, that's cute. But it doesn't belong there. 
Again, that kind of ties in with being a person. It's like it's had a job, it's older now, it's yeah. retired. It's going to have a retired fishing village. <laughs> yeah. Just wants something to do, just wants to interact with people. Have you I heard of it? One yeah. That you quite reminded me of there, with, just because, I mean, not similar uh-huh. size, but, you know, big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that I found was, uh, this one's from June 2018, police in Neuville, Nuv- sorry, well, I can't pronounce anything tonight. Where's that? Neuved, Neuved, which is in Germany, okay. received multiple calls reporting, within the space of, like, a couple of hours, they received several <laughs> different calls reporting that an elephant <laughs> had passed by people's windows. On the, from like, the out, like sort of almost suburban outskirts of the town. Wow. So it's police weird. began investigating and found an elephant. Uh, there was an African elephant cutting about on the outskirts of this <laughs> German town. And what it turned out that she'd run away from a circus. Yeah. But, but then what I thought was really interesting in reading the article was that on the same day, so uh-huh. New Vile, New Vile, like, I want to put extra letters in it that are in there. Nuvied. Uh, Nuvied is in Western Germany. And on the same day, in a neighbouring town in Western Germany, a bear and five big cats also escaped from a zoo. So <laughs> it's only the one day. There is like loads of animals lions, that should be there. Two panthers, a bear and an elephant. What were they thinking when they obviously they were probably glad to get away from wherever they were being captured and made to perform and stuff but then but then they're like well now what how do we survive in germany and like you i mean it's bad enough having urban foxes wandering around but having urban lions and elephants going about from what everybody said in the article the elephant like she was really lovely she again it just sounded like she was on a wee mm. city break she was <laughs> basically wandering around like looking in windows and stuff and anyone that reported her said like oh no it's really calm and really peaceful like it's not doing anything frightening it doesn't seem to want to charge anyone it's just cutting about having a nosy i would be a bit concerned if there were elephants wandering around because they are massive and they could do a lot of damage to like property and things like they don't belong in an urban environment they belong in the jungle yeah but yeah that makes me kind of sad have you heard the rumor about the wallabies the wallabies the wallabies that live on an island in Scotland, like either Loch Lomond, um, David said to me, right, my boyfriend, he was like to me, um, there's rumours that wallabies live in the Heritage Lot Park. I'm like, <laughs> what? How the fuck? There's no way that wallabies live in the James Heritage Loch Islands. Like, this is for this is my local park and it's really small. I mean, it's less than a mile that you can walk around it. I think it's just yeah, one it's mile, isn't it? Of, like, and it's a tiny wee island. Hiding spots for wallabies. <laughs> The wallabies would bloody drown. There's no way unless you went over in a boat and picked one up. Why? Yeah. There's plenty of Canadian geese that never used to be there. That I wonder how the hell they got there, or if someone introduced them. Not that I've got anything against Canadians or Canadian. No, but I know geese, what you mean. Like, do you know what I mean? There's the last hundreds time I was there of them there. You, I think maybe the last time I went with my mum, like there was insane amounts of geese. Yeah, Canadian like, geese. Like at one bit, there was so many geese that you could barely move from the and geese. Shit. They shit absolutely everywhere, yeah. all over the pavement, and they just wander around next to the road. Like, how did he not just wander into? I often wonder if one of those geese actually managed to cross the road and go into the estate. <laughs> <laughs> estate geese. Yeah, I mean, there's also, but then I, I, th- I think it was actually Loch Lomond. There's meant to be wallabies. Have you heard of that? 
No. Look it up. There's also like, because it brings me to like 12 years ago when I was at a party, a house party, and we were all drinking. And someone brought up that there was llamas hanging about the woods in Glasgow. And to us, we found that absolutely hilarious. We're like, what the fuck are llamas doing cutting about Glasgow? But now you think, well, llamas are quite popular these days. Alpacas, people have lots of alpacas and llamas um, as pets or they use them for their wool or you can go and pet them. So now the thought of llamas hanging about nearby a city isn't that far-fetched but back then we thought it was hilarious and the reason why we were talking about it is because there used to be a zoo in Glasgow and I remember going there and it was quite a sad place it was it, it was, was kind of run my down. dad took me when I was wee and my grandpa took me being really sad yeah and I looked into it it was established in 1947 by the Zoological Society of Glasgow and west of Scotland uh, it was located on the lands of the former Calder Park estate and during its peak attracted about 140,000 visitors a year. At the zoo's peak, it contained over 600 animals and had 24 full-time and many part-time or seasonal staff. Unfortunately, it closed in August 2003 after running up a debt of around £3.5 million and failing to renew its zookeeper licence having been unable to meet new standards on animal welfare. In the last few years that it was open, Glasgow Zoo deteriorated mainly due to lack of funding and from the local council due to allegations of animal cruelty. But I remember when I went, there was there was hardly anything in it. Like, you'd go and you'd look at an enclosure and there was just fuck all in it. Yeah. You're like, where are the animals? But that yeah, must have been really when weird it was... Zoo. Yeah. Um, I think I remember seeing some like white lions maybe there was a white tiger or something a rare white tiger in it i don't really remember much else no i can't i remember weirdly the only thing i remember that they definitely had was like galapagos tortoises well it says here that the zoo specialized in four types of animals mammals birds reptiles and farmland animals some of the, view, the zoo's most popular animals were African lions, white rhinos, white-throated capuchin monkeys, Asian black bears and a polar bear named Winston. Birds on display at the zoo included golden eagle, lorikeets, scarlet macaws, Indian peacocks and uh, reptiles such as major skinks. <laughs> Skanks, I was going to say. <laughs> that was on the... What? That also just reminded me the poster Major for skin. Glasgow Zoo had a thing about like come and see the blue tongued skink. So, what is a skink? I'll look at it. Do you remember that? Is it just like, I feel like it just oh, looks just, like the lizard you would get in Spain, but it's like a lot bigger? It's It looks like a like um, a salamander type lizard. Oh. If you look it up, they're, yeah, they're quite cute, but not the type you would see in native to Glasgow obviously they also had uh, a large farmland display with sheep, goats, geese doves, pigs, ponies and guinea pigs and they had the zoological garden with different types of plants so the controversy controversy over it is that during the zoo's final years before closure it developed a large debt due to dwindling visitor numbers, lack of public funding and the death of Richard O'Grady. I'm like, who the fuck's Richard O'Grady? 
He's the zoo's director. When you said Richard O'Grady, my brain immediately went Richard O'Brien, and I was like, why is Richard O'Brien dying going to affect the zoo negatively? I was thinking Apollo O'Grady, you know, like Lily Savage. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's his brother. No, he was the zoo's director. And he died in 2001. I'm just now like, just every time an old gay dies. Because you have to slaughter an animal. (laughs) Which it led to poor management decisions and negligence. The publication of the debt in the media, fuck them, along with the apparent rundown appearance of the zoo, which is what I remember, resulted in animal rights groups looking into the welfare of the zoo's animals. A report written by Jordi Casamichana for Advocates for Animals made multiple claims of animal cruelty. Now get this, this is fucked. Including that unwanted pets were killed and fed to the zoo's snakes. And that the parents of the lion cubs at the park were brother and sister. No. <laughs> Fucking hell. The report also highlighted the financial status of the zoo and its subsequent annual losses. With such great debt, it was inevitable that the zoo would fall into disrepair and the welfare of its animals would also fall dramatically. Les Ward, the director of Advocates for Animals, said that the zoo was the worst he had encountered and that the group's report urged the licensing committee to close the zoo to the public immediately. Um, They also commented in a report about the mental state of Glasgow Zoo's animals. The white rhino was showing signs of possible stereotypic behaviour, like circling, you know, when animals do that pacing thing when they're bored of shit which I hate, is it's so sad, right? Which normally associate with difficulties in coping with captive life or frustrated territorial patrolling. Um, so that's what happened to Glasgow Zoo. But what about these llamas? So I was like, is the, is the, is the thing about the llamas true, that the, there was llamas there and that when the zoo closed, they just remained there and they were just left? Now, we thought they were left to roam in the wild. But actually, it says here on Wikipedia, according to this, that the area of Glasgow Zoo itself is no longer being locked due to extensive damage to the gate and gatehouse. It was burned to the ground, as well as like it's just open. Anyone can go in. A lot of the enclosures were burned, demolished or vandalised, as well as illegal dumping from nearby developers and constructors, causing further damage to structures to the point where they're now unsafe for use. I'm like, the poor llamas then, where the fuck are they? However, it says, as of January 2005, a number of animals were still confirmed to be on site, including llamas, ostriches and ponies. These animals seemingly (laughs) being cared for by animal-friendly locals or ex-zoo staff. What, there's just like creepy ex-zoo staff still cutting about the classical zoo? (laughs) I suppose though, like, you wouldn't be able to... (laughs) Like, if you were the ostrich keeper and the ostriches were just abandoned, you wouldn't be able to, like, take the ostriches home and look after them, like, to your Glasgow no. flat. So yeah, I suppose that, that makes really sense. Funny. I find it so funny, though, the, the, the thought of ostriches just being released into the wild in Glasgow, fucking cutting about Easter House. <laughs> I'd like to, everyone's got an ostrich and they start riding them all about instead of, like riding on an ostrich instead of a Imagine they'd gone the way of the rabbit in Australia <laughs> and there was ostriches everywhere. Just everywhere. Can't move from ostriches. I thought it was weird when I went to the necropolis in Glasgow, the big like goth graveyard um, cemetery. And 
I looked around and there was a little deer just looking at me in the middle of the Glasgow, like in the city. And mm-hmm. I thought I was hallucinating. But it turns out there are urban deer that live in Glasgow and actually urban areas like foxes. They just cut about. They don't live in the woods. I mean, that is weird. Like, I believe you, that's a thing. But no, yeah, I did see it. I think that's a thing. It was awful. It was so weird. Uh, they're called, I think they're called roe deer. No, are they roe deer? They're like tiny little red looking deer. But then I read that in the UK, one of the invasive species is a deer that came from China. I don't, it's not the ones from the Glasgow um, area. I don't think they're invasive. Let me just find it. Is it the tiny deer? Yeah, they're really small and apparently they came from China. Oh, they're called Mint Jack. Have you heard of them? Is that what you're thinking of? I think it is what I'm thinking of, yeah. They they were they were from China and Taiwan and it was brought they were brought to Great Britain in eighteen thirty one to be kept in collections, but it's now but they're now common across most of England and parts of Wales. Muntjac grazing can have serious impacts in woodlands where they can clear shrubs and prevent tree re- regeneration, affecting other wildlife, including birds and butterflies. But they're really cute. They are very <laughs> cute if they're yeah, the ones I'm thinking of, they are really cute looking but again that doesn't make it okay for them to come and kill or cause the deaths of local species yeah i mean hopefully the llamas are still all right and the the ostriches it doesn't say like because it also said that later on in 2012 that the zoo location was being developed um for houses miller homes so i wonder what happened with the i don't know i can't yeah, because the enclosures, they were saying that they were still there. See, I thought they were just released into the woods, like the llamas were just living wild nearby, but turns out they were just still in enclosures that were there, that like pe- kind people... So if kind people didn't look after those animals, then why the fuck were the animal rights people trying to save the animals because of abuse, but yet they left behind the llamas, the ponies and the ostriches? Do they not count? Like, yeah. obviously all the other animals were relocated. But they just seemed to think it was okay to abandon them to the public. Seems a I mean, bit that is weird. Do you think there would be something in place? <laughs> both by the animal rights groups that were trying to get it closed down yeah. and by Glasgow City Council to not, like, exactly. just abandon a bunch of animals. Yeah, it's really sad. So, yeah, like, they've, they're building, they've built, I'm assuming they've been built by now, obviously, like, because it was back in 2012. And they've built like luxury flats on what used to be the car park of the zoo. Have a flat haunted by a tiger, like (laughs) some incestuous lions. Yeah. (laughs) The cries of the people. Oh, people (laughs) would um, people would um, when it was still kind of open, people would break into the zoo and steal. uh, They stole like parrots. Um. Oh, yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> um, yeah, they they stole parrots and they stole lizards and things like that. So who knows what happened to them? They could have yeah. been released into the wild. God knows. A bunch of Neds stole some like rare reptiles from the zoo. 
there's no really information about it. I think it's a shame that Glasgow doesn't have a zoo anymore, but it kind of shows you how Glasgow's been shit on and it seems as a sort of shitey place. Yeah. And Edinburgh's the better place because they've got a fancy zoo that Glasgow couldn't compete with. You know? But then their zoo gets like Royal Zoological Society funding, so I'm sure if Glasgow Zoo had had Royal Zoological Society funding, they would have looked after the animals, but well, it would be easier for them to look after the animals properly. Why do you think they didn't get funding? Do you think that it was Edinburgh Zoo putting the kibosh on them? Maybe. Bastards. Bastards, man. The Edinburgh-Glasgow divide. It never ends. Fucking poshos. <laughs> well, yeah, that was my story about the llamas. I mean, I, I like to think that Hopefully the llamas and the ostriches are somewhere safe, but who knows where they are? There's not actually any follow. I couldn't find any more information about it's what weird the location how, like, of them are. The ostriches would be fine just living in Glasgow, but one of the ones I saw. Have you heard of the Bristol crocodile? No. Since 2014, there's been like loads of sightings in and around Bristol or in the waterways in and around Bristol of crocodiles. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And basically, obviously, at first people were like, this is just nonsense. And Where do you live in? In the River Avon. Oh, okay. But crocodile experts, like zoologists who are specialists in crocodiles, like basically all of the ones that have commented on it that I read have all said, yeah, that'd be perfectly possible, which again, I wouldn't have thought. They were like, yeah, if there were crocodiles released into the River Avon, they, there was no re- there's no reason why they would die. They'd be able to live quite healthily in the River Avon, like mm-hmm. feed off of local livestock or deer or things like that like it's basically well, yeah i mean a lot of them do survive like for instance the burmese python which was introduced into florida like they, they were native to tropic subtropic areas of southern asia um and they just hang around the water or just live around in treetops but they were accidentally introduced to the wild in florida maybe as a pet or something and that they have done really well in the Everglades, um, where there's now an estimated 30,000 Burmese pythons, That's which have made a of habit. Population. Yeah, and they feast on a variety of endangered birds and alligators. Yeah. So it really. So maybe we should now release pythons into Bristol. We should get the pythons from there to Bristol to deal with them. I like so. Again, as I was saying at the start of this, I thought I'd be looking yeah. at like mythical reportings of these animals, but. Mm-hmm. The sightings are now considered to be so credible, even though nobody's ever caught one of the crocodiles, that the Scary. Bristol Council have put crocodile warning signs up oh, around man. about the River Avon just to like warn tourists that they have to be careful because they might get attacked by a crocodile. I would be wanting to try and find one and take a picture of it or something. Yeah. It was like that I was looking into, are there any sightings of great white sharks? Because there's always rumours that great white sharks were found swimming about like the waters off the coast of Cornwall or various places around the coast of England. But turns out that people just don't know they're sharks and they assume they're great whites because of the fin, but they're just confusing them with like basking sharks that aren't really all that dangerous. Yeah. And yeah, it's just all, it's just because people like rags, like the sun, like to sensationalize these things saying great white found. And then a big picture of jaws on the fucking cover. Just, and it's all lies it's just rumours that's like one of the other ones that I looked at as well is so from like 2017 onwards there's been multiple mm-hmm. sightings of the Tasmanian tiger which was the oh, largest yeah. 
carnivorous marsupial ever to live. But it's dead. It's extinct. Yeah. So I mean, basically, they were. This isn't anything to do with it being mythological. This is just mm. get a dig at how shitty people are. But yeah, they were unchanged evolutionarily for over four and a half thousand years, and then were basically almost entirely wiped out in the 1800s by humans. And then we're only in zoos and the last pair died in a zoo in 1936. But there are these sightings in Australia in fairly rural areas. There's been quite a lot of sightings of them since 2017. And yet when zoologists were asked about it, they basically said what you were just saying there about the shark. They said, well, it's a 50-50. Either people are misidentifying dogs yeah. or it is feasibly possible that there are still small populations of Tasmanian tigers because... There's mm. obviously a lot of Australia that is unoccupied, like, yeah, like unoccupied and fairly dense. So they were like, yeah, given where the, oh, interesting. the sightings are, it could be that it's not saying like. Well, you know how there's like the Montauk monster, and there's been a recent picture of someone who's found a weird, like, decaying-looking creature on the beach, just like the Montauk it. monster. Is that the big gloopy, gloopy lad? No, no, not no. the blobfish. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, probably. No, no, no. It it looks like a like a dog or a pig, a hairless dog or pig thing, but they call it the Montauk. Right, M A U N. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm Have seeing it. Have you seen it. it? Yeah. Could that be like a Tasmanian? What was it called? The Tasmanian tiger. Tasmanian tiger. That is washed up. Like it's got mange or something it's de- decomposed and because nobody's seen one of them for a long time or assumed it's extinct they've just assumed it's some sort of new monstrous creature that you know like a cryptid i mean yeah i can't see like the size of it very well if that makes sense from the picture but the picture definitely looks like <laughs> i think it could feasibly be yeah some people claim that the montauk monster is a chupacabra like um but other people are just saying no it's just a a coyote or something that's got mange and is just washed up on shore, like looking like that. Yeah, it, it looks like it looks like a Tasmanian tiger, but that's mm. well, it's been in the water, had like its sort of front of its muzzle eaten away by fish. Yeah, and yeah, it is mangy. Well, you know how we were talking in, in our ancient Egypt one about like ibis birds and how I like them so much. Yes. Well, part of the invasive species and list of the UK includes a sacred ibis, which made me so excited because I was like, yes, don't get rid of them. I want more of them. Remember I said I'd love to see ibis birds just cutting about my garden. You did, yes. But they're called, this is called the sacred ibis. So they're not quite the same as the ibis birds that I've seen in Florida. But they're African birds and they were really popular in European zoos in the 1970s and 80s. And there were established free flying colonies within their grounds. So they weren't locked up in an aviary or anything like that. They were allowed to roam about within the grounds. Unfortunately, it did lead to escapes, which are a serious problem for other wildlife. So in France, where they are established, their diet includes fish, small rodents, amphibians and eggs and young of other bird species, including terns. A number of individuals of these uh, ibis birds have been spotted in the wild in Britain, but they are quite rare. So it's one of your rare Pokemons. 
<laughs> Pokemon Go if you want um, of UK invasion species. So again, if you if you're supposed to report them if you see one of them, but I really wouldn't want to because I love them and I wish they would come up here. But I know it would fuck up all the other birds and like wildlife though, because they do eat quite a lot of different, as you can see, the anything, fish, rodents, amphibians, whatever. They're greedy. But I I just, they are really cool. They're interesting. Um, And also the raccoon apparently has been spotted. Well, that's random. I've never thought like a trash panda would be like somehow wandering around the UK. But I guess maybe they could if they escape from private collections. That's yeah, what they said. Um, but they said while they look cute in cartoons, they may threaten native wildlife, including bird species. They can also carry rabies, which is terrifying, and other nasty diseases which may harm humans and animals. So they don't want raccoons meeting, like, say, like one raccoon escaping from a private collection and private owners meeting another <laughs> escape raccoon yeah. and happen to bang. They don't want that happening. But again, it was very rare, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. But then maybe they said that about the grey squirrel and look what happened. Mm-hmm. Where is the grey squirrel? What's the story behind that? And the rabbit. Maybe to go back to the earlier thing, if we did jump forward to like mm. the 2100s, maybe there would be wild like raccoons and ostriches in huge populations all over Britain. Right, so originally... The grey squirrel was a native of North America and they were deliberately released into the wild in Great Britain in 1876 because they carry a pox virus to which our native red squirrel is very susceptible. But why? Why did we want to kill the red squirrel? I don't understand. Because they've said red squirrels have now been wiped out across most of Great Britain, mainly through disease transmission and now only a few populations remain in England and Wales, but they still have a stronghold in Scotland and dedicated programmes are helping to ensure their conservation against the constant threat. Um, that's a shame, but I'm, I'm quite proud that you know we still have a lot of them, but I've been in Highland yes. loads of times, so I've only ever seen grey squirrels, so I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to the wrong place. There's also the American mink. Seems to be a lot of American animals that are invading our um, lands. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> or again, they're being encouraged to invade our lands. Well, yeah. A, a, a mink. They were introduced to Great Britain in 1929 for use in fur farming, which is evil. But individuals began to escape, as they fucking would, um, from farms. And they started breeding in the wild. Since their introduction, the native water vole has experienced one of the most rapid and serious declines of any British wild mammal during the 20th century. There has been a decline in as much as 94% in the number of water vole sites and predation by the invasive American mink has been a key factor in this decline. So, Hmm. yeah, and I've seen there's a picture here of an American mink chewing on a juvenile gannet, which is clearly much bigger than it. It's ferocious. It's like a fucking honey badger. <laughs> but, you know, if you farm these animals for their skins, they're going to escape and want revenge. They want vengeance. <laughs> so what do you expect? They should really be eating, like, fur farmers instead of yeah. waterfalls. Poor waterfalls. If, that was, if it was just, like, they roam around in packs and eat exclusively fur farmers, I'd be like, yeah, just leave them be, that's fine. Mm. 
but yeah, I've never really seen any American minks um, in the wild, or I've never even heard of them going about. But no. then I live in a town, so the only animals that I see are I seen a badger, a live badger once, and I was so excited about that. That was cool. Um, and foxes, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen an owl. I've seen a, I've seen a duck. Um, I know that sounds unusual, right? Because ducks are quite common. But this duck was nowhere near a park or a pond. It was by itself. I was walking down what we call the muddy path in East Kilbride, which is completely urban. Like there was like there's houses everywhere, just a concrete jungle. There's a patch of like woodlands, just little bits. There was like a maybe a big puddle, like a flood. In the grass next to the path, and one individual duck just <laughs> wandering about, and it's like, what are you doing there, mate? You, we, we, why are you not in the park, like Strathclyde Park or something? It, is it just looked so out of place. It looked so out of place. There was no way a mallard duck should be wandering around there. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It didn't even have any, like, it would make movies that make sense if there was other ducks around it, but there was just I'm just laughing that, like, with, like, the Bristol crocodile, that should be, like, the the EK duck. The EK duck. Do you believe in the mystery of the EK duck? Oh, well, there was that one that um, was made up about the the EK monkey man. He wanted (laughs) a bottle of bucket in his hand and a knife in the other. Watch out. He lives in the muddy as well. <laughs> I'm fairly sure he's not made up. I think I've seen him. Oh, God. I think we all have. Just don't hand him any um, more bottles of booze because, um, yeah, he'll stab you. So, yeah, we've got the... That's our cryptid in East Kilbride is the EK Monkey Man. <laughs> um, and when I say Monkey Man, I, I really mean like he's an actual little cappuccine monkey man. No. Is it just one of the cappuccinos from Calder Glen? I'll maybe find a picture of it and I'll send it to you. It could be. I used to call them the little grandpa monkeys. They're so cute. Yeah. Not so cute when they're brandishing a chip in one hand and a bottle of Bucky in the other. True. Nobody's (laughs) cute after a bottle of Bucky. Like. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't really have anything much else to say about these animals, but um, I think that every so often... We should all do, like, maybe, you know, like in Alice in Wonderland's Mad Tea Party where everyone moves up a seat and changes yes. seats. What if we all just swapped some animals for a while? <laughs> we could have some exotic animals for once instead of boring ones. And the animals would clearly like that because we've established that they want to go on holiday places. Some animals so. like to go on holiday, yeah. <laughs> Get some dugongs on the go. We used to have bears and wolves that roamed about the Scottish islands in the woods until they were basically hunted to death. And I think some there's some argument for reintroducing them. Yeah. What do you think about that? That actually scares me, because I really, I like the idea that I can go on holiday to the Highlands and not have to worry about bears. Like, you know, unlike people who live in, a, in Alaska or certain parts of America or Japan, where you do have to worry about bears, bear encounters. Like, there's nothing that dangerous that you would encounter wandering around like Glen Douglas or you know, Loch Lomond or whatever. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that is like if it's going to improve <laughs> biodiversity overall and stop, yeah. you know, the planet dying, then I suppose it's a good thing. But yeah, at the same time, I don't want to get eaten by a bear. So 
Yeah, that's true, I know. But it was their land initially, isn't it? Um, we've reintroduced beavers. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's other places where beavers are a big problem because they basically eat through loads of wood and destroy like a lot of trees that people have pl- like farmers have planted. Um and it is a big problem, like chewing through their fences or fence posts and things like that. And they have to capture them. And I think this is in Canada where there's a big beaver problem. <laughs> got a big beaver problem in Canada where a lot of beavers wander through, like wander about where they shouldn't be and then have to get captured and then sent back somewhere safe for the beaver. But then again, that's beef. humans, isn't it? That's humans building farmsteads where beavers yes. normally would have liked to have been. But they can't. So that's how you end up with like baboons invading places in South Africa, because where else are they going to go? Yeah, they're not really invading places. It's that no. we've invaded, we've invaded their, their land. Yeah. So they've been, they've had to move or adapt. So yeah, yeah, I think the conclusion to this podcast is that animals should be allowed to go on holiday if they want, and it shouldn't be so unusual to see. Um, strange can. animal, uh, yeah, a duck in the money, <laughs> or, <laughs> or an elephant caught in a the town centre. I don't know. And that really, humans are the most in the wrong place of all animals. Well, yeah, I mean that's true. I think, but then we claim that we own ever like we are the dominant species, aren't we? So we basically can live wherever we want, except if you're from a foreign land. In like a different country, like culturally, we like to boot people out. Well, that's how it's a very sort of European thing, isn't it? Like we can go anywhere we want and shoot things, but nobody else and colonize anywhere. Yeah, I think recently the like the disaster that has been Prince William and Kate is little tour of uh, what little colonies we have left in the Commonwealth. Is they're going to like Belize and various other Caribbean places where they're like, fuck off, we don't want you here. And there was a picture of them, like with loads of black children behind a an actual like chain fence, and their hands were like coming through the fence. And then there's Prince William and Kate just trying to shake their hands through a fucking it looked really bad. It looked like they were in a bloody zoo or something. Like <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good look. I mean, I don't think in this day and age we want to see white former colonists, like colonists, like and he was wearing like colonial style uniform. Lovely. <laughs> and see, after they'd finished, the people who believe were like, "Yeah, we want to bend the royal family now. We don't want them part of our like state." Just like Barbados got rid of them, and Jamaica recently got rid of the royal family as part of the, you know, Commonwealth or whatever. Good. Yeah, good indeed. Yeah, because like they're all like, oh, the queen, she's so frail. She's and then she's been finally seen coming into our church. But guess who she let led her lead her into the church? Was uh Satan. Well, yeah, Prince Andrew. <laughs> I mean, do you not think that's a big fuck you Sorry. to the public? <laughs> I feel really bad there because that was uh, an unfair comparison to draw to Satan. <laughs> yeah, for Satan. <laughs> Satan's a kill did. He doesn't yes. need to be compared to Prince Andrew, of all people. Ugh. Yeah, not only is she, like, you know, paid, like, used our money, probably, to pay off her sex offender son's, 
like legal issues. I mean, not she's even probably. Now, she doesn't have a job. She's definitely used she our definitely money to pay all the sex offender yeah. issues. She now asks him to like personally lead her, walk her into a memorial for her ex-husband. Well, ex-husband, he's dead. <laughs> dead <laughs> she went to deliver post-shamous divorce papers. It's not a good look, though. I think no. um, Charles and William tried to persuade her not to, but she's, you know what old women are like? They don't care. Yeah. They'll just do what they want. And she has the queen, I suppose, but like it's not a good look. But then she's like my gran at that age in your 90s. She just says, I don't, I don't care. I'll just say how it is. I'll be as racist as I want. Yeah, I mean, I suppose she's like near enough to death that if she wants a pedo to walk around to a church, that's <laughs> her business. <laughs> okay, well, let's choose the next topic for the next episode. Okay. Pick a number between one and 20. Um, I will go for sweet 16. Oh, beautiful. Uh, right, wait till I find Because I was thinking of Prince Andrew, you know. He likes 16 year olds. It's um, <laughs> other serial killers. Oh, other serial killers? Yeah, because we've already done serial killers, so I've written down other serial killers. Okay, I've got a few I could think of recent ones that I've discovered that I didn't know about, like the Ken and Barbie. Um, oh yeah really, they're really disgusting man like i can't yeah she's actually out of prison anyway we'll talk about that next episode yes yeah okay yeah. okay well, maybe we should make a like a date to go and try and find these llamas and ostriches that are still wandering around calder park uh, i should be up at some point as soon as i'm okay. outside so we can do that as a day trip what do ostriches like to eat um <laughs> I, I want weed. to learn. Did you say weed? Yes, weed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said seeds, but maybe weed. Right. Yeah. Um. I just think that ostriches eat, eat meat for some reason because they're so big. They look yeah. like dinosaurs. It would make sense. I mean, they are quite big birds, aren't they? Well, guys, if you ever want to visit Glasgow, we used to have a zoo. Um, it went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's maybe some llamas and ponies and ostriches that you can just you know go up to nobody will stop you so true come on over and also they film loads of hollywood movies in glasgow mainly um gotham because gotham's supposed to look like shit so they choose glasgow as a destination that says it all doesn't it all right then on that note i will say Bye. Bye. Bye, Mark. Bye. Bye.